1: Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm Chris Catillo, your host. We've uh, had a lot of members of the Red Sox beat on during this offseason. Obviously, people bring different perspectives and we appreciate that. I think that's the cool part of the job. Uh, you know, we're all competitors at the end of the day. We're all writing for different places or covering the team with different angles, but we're friends. We help each other out. Um, and you know, we have debates that I think, you know in airports and hotel lobbies and bars across the country. I think it's cool to bring some of those debates, some of those discussions onto the show so people at home can hear them. Uh, Today, uh, you're going to hear from Chad Jennings from The Athletic. Chad's been covering the Red Sox for a while. Does an excellent job. Uh, I think uh, he is really one of the absolute best on the beat. Um, And we're going to talk about the offseason, which is, you know, uh, slowly but surely coming to a close here. Red Sox are reporting to spring training in less than a month. Obviously a lot done, uh, some still left to go. I think, you know, kind of lost in all the fun we had with Joe Davis last week was that, uh, Trevor story is out for a significant part of 2023. That's something Chad and I get to, we talked about the Jorge Alfaro signing from earlier this week. Um, a lot of different things that we, uh, are going to cover here. So thanks to Chad for hopping on and, um, hope you enjoy it. It is time to go to, uh, an expert. Uh, actually, no, we actually have Chad Jennings from The <laughs> Athletic this week. So uh, sorry about that. But uh, Chad wrote something recently that was uh, <laughs> one of those moments where it's good as someone on the beat. It's also bad to be like 90 percent through writing something and then look and see that someone else has pretty much done it, which was an offseason checklist that was like exactly the same grading what the Red Sox have done this off season. So I thought he'd be a good person to bring on and and talk about that and what's to, what's to come. Um, Chad, you know, for people that, you know, didn't, uh, see it, you basically graded, you know, the Red Sox on the things they said they do and the things that uh, they have done versus what they haven't done so far. But if you were to give kind of the off season as a whole, a grade to this
0: point, um, what would it be? Oh, I mean, it's low. It's in the DC range, right? I mean, it, I mean, look the big the big win was getting Devers. That's a huge one. Um, yeah, you know they I think they wanted to improve the rotation more than they did when that market played the way it the way it's played out. You know, shifting to getting a big closer instead. I mean, that makes sense, right? There, there's logic to that. Even if it, you know, you can see where I, I think getting a a higher end starter might have been better. But at least there's something there. It, you know, there wasn't a great corner market. Everybody other than Judge in the outfield corners had some flaws to them they like Yoshida and feel like there's upside fine like that makes sense to me um I think Jose Abreu would have been a better fit at DH but you know Justin Turner's frankly been better lately than I realized he had been you know right. you start comparing his numbers Probably to he's, Martinez. he's also like, I, shockingly your age yeah right yeah right, yeah he's a very <laughs> old man um uh, but also but you know I mean that was one where the first when I first heard his name was on the radar I was like Oh man, that's a pretty significant step down from JD. And then you look at their numbers, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, Mm, he's actually been pretty good. Um, You know, probably just some West coast, not really realizing how good he'd been lately. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: I mean, there are things here that work, but but you didn't get Xander. And, and, and and, I mean, that's just, and, and not only not getting Xander, but not being able to replace him with anything is then compounded by Trevor story getting hurt. So it, it, those things, I mean, there are a lot of things there. If you, if, if, if Xander's market hadn't gone where it went and if they could have gotten him kind of at, at, at where we thought the market was maybe going to be right. You could see this, there was a path for this to be a pretty good offseason, or at least a decent one, one that has a chance to be good, but that's a huge piece to have missed out on. Um, and then it does, it gets worse uh, because of the story injury. And and so that just leaves them in, in kind of a tough spot right now.
1: Yeah, I talked, was talking to somebody the other day with the team and you know, they said, if you really look at it, you know, we've really kind of done what we set out to do in terms of corner outfield, bullpen, rotation, DH, uh, all that stuff. And they said, well, you know, I guess it kind of is one of those, you know, to beat this dead horse phrase into the ground, one of those, other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln type offseason? <laughs> yeah, yeah because, seriously. You yeah. know, the whole Xander thing, I think, looms so large. And, you know, at that point in your head, is there anything they could have done to turn it around and make it successful? Or once that, that is done, is it just, that's how this winter will be remembered? Cause I agree with you. Like, I mean, they signed Devers, right? Like that's a huge yeah. piece of it. And still that's kind of be the takeaway. I think this the under saga and how it played out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, could they have then tried to jump in on Correa? I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask and, yeah. and fair to wonder. I also would say, when the giants and Mets have a ton of money to spend and whatever they were seeing, if, if, you know, I mean, when have we seen two teams balk that hard at medicals Um, it's, it's maybe a little easier said than done to say like, well, you should have jumped in and you taken the risk on this. I Mm -hmm. have no idea what those were showing. Um, But I do think that's reasonable to ask, right. To go. I mean, at that point you knew things were kind of falling apart. Could you have just rolled the dice there on, on, you know, certainly one of, if not the best shortstop in baseball, um, So they could have gone there. I, I'm still kind of curious to see if there's a way to make a trade work that you're not going to get. Certainly not going to get the offensive impact of Xander Bogarts, but mm-hmm. you know, could you get something at shortstop that that helps fill in that that gap? I think that's still possible, but it, it's going to feel like a letdown of an off season. Just you know, not only did you miss out on Xander, and we all knew Xander was on the radar, but I mean, two months of saying Xander's our guy. <laughs> You know, he's who right. we want. We're going after him. He's the priority to then not get him. is a That's a tough one to swallow.
1: And we'll get back to the, the story thing in a second. But I do think, you know, there is, uh, and i probably grade in the same range. I mean, I know there's some things that they've done. I know I think the bullpen is going to be among the best of baseball, actually. I think it's a really mm-hmm. solid group. Yep. If they can, you know, you know, get to a point where that matters is kind of the, the question at this point. Um,
0: and the rotation could be good. right Right? like the rotation's the it's the weirdest rotation that i can remember yeah where i mean there there is a path for that rotation to be pretty good Mm -hmm. and a lot of options that if if this guy doesn't work you could try this but it just it's it's yeah it is strange to see the the bullpen is significantly better and the rotation i mean it could be better than last year right i mean well, almost certainly will be better than last year right for those stretches when everybody was hurt and they were trying to just having to start a bunch of kids but Again, there are ways that this is better. It just—it's just amazing how much the Xander thing just clouds everything.
1: Uh, the up the middle thing is the question now. Obviously, I think you know there's three spots. Kike Hernandez will be in one of them, and we don't know yeah. who's going to be in the other two. As much as you know, Alex Cora was trying to pump up Jaron Duran the other day, and Heim Bloom was asked about Christian Arroyo, and those guys are you know guys who do have talent, have upside. I don't see them committing everyday roles to either of them. So my guess mm-hmm. is, and and Heim kind of alluded to this, they go out and get. Two up-the-middle guys. We've heard the names uh, on the trade market. Hassan Kim from San Diego, Sean McAdam on here, uh, was was pleading for them to trade Tanner Houck for Hassan Kim mm-hmm. and thought that would be a great one-for-one one deal. Um, you uh, had what many of us on the Red Sox beat have had this winter as a shoot-the-messenger moment where uh, just people were very angry about Joey Wendell uh, and that possibility that you reported. Uh, so he's a he's guy that's been on the radar. I know Rojas was before he got traded to L.A., free agents elvis andrews adam duvall uh jose iglesias jerickson profar who's kind of a weirder fit how would you address it if you
0: were them well i I always feel like the trade stuff is easier it's another one of those where it's easy for us to say why don't you make a deal for this guy and then oftentimes i feel like a little ways down the road we end up hearing who that team had locked in on and who they wanted for him and you're like Oh well, okay. Well, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's I think K- that's
1: Casas, Bayo, Hauk, and Whitlock for Haas. Yeah, right.
0: I think that's basically what every team wants. <laughs> um, right. And and no and again, that was this was maybe not a a lot of the ways that this winner hasn't really played to their strengths is that they they I think they were willing. I think they came into this offseason expecting to make a deal of some sort and to mm-hmm. trade some of that lower level depth that they've built up. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know who, I don't think they were going to trade Marcelo, but I, I think they were willing to make a, a move of very, very notable younger right. guys, but there's just no market for that right now. Like, I mean, even teams that are out of it, you know, you look at the deal that the A's made with Sean Murphy, like they did, they clearly did not go for massive upside guys there. They just wanted a bunch of pieces that can play at the big league level right mm-hmm. away. And and right. that's not the, the Red Sox, their trade pieces or they're, they're more valuable upper level guys like that, they, they're they going to use, you know, right. and they're, they're not looking to trade Tristan Cassis right now. Yeah. They're going to play him at first base. So, I mean, if I were them, the the Duvall thing makes some sense. I When I first heard his name, my first thought, honestly, was more right-handed bat in the corners. I yeah. was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. He's like a really good defender in left and right. You're very left-handed. Need a right-handed bat with story out. Um, and then started asking around of like, do you guys, is this like the center field thing? Is that legit? And what was basically totally, like, yeah. I mean, he, they think that he's pretty good out there yeah. at least good enough. So that makes sense to me of the options that are there. You need to find, you do need to find a right-handed bat. He's got a ton of power. Um, so I think that fits. And then I, I mean, I think you gotta, Kim's the one that stands out to me. Um, you know, he's got two years left on his deal very good defender you know showed at least some bat last year you know could they go don't don't get Duvalde can you make a two-player deal there and get Trent Grisham and try to you know mm-hmm. slide him into center field I think there's logic to that yeah um, but again easier said than done right like you know it, it depends on what the what the ask is at that point because right. as, as Sean mentioned on your I, I do think Tanner Houck and he's a guy you know that I know really well on the team I like Tanner Houck a lot I think he's been really good I'm not saying oh they should trade Tanner Houck but I that makes sense right there's a logic to Mm -hmm. to trading a guy like that because they do have some depth there I mean they have other options in the rotation they've built up the bullpen where they don't necessarily have to have him in the late innings so there's there's some logic I think in in thinking of Tanner Houck as a trade chip. And so maybe that is a path they go, you know, to try to get Kim or something out. But the options are pretty slim. I mean, there just aren't a lot of – there's not a lot of middle infield out there. Um, And the fact that it felt like every team in baseball was at some point linked to one of those free agent shortstops Mm -hmm. tells you that not a lot of teams have like an extra shortstop just lying around. Right. Um, So it's going to be hard to get them.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I think the Miami thing, there's been a lot of rumors about them that I think have been – you know, a little overblown, the whole idea of trading costs, I think was never going to happen as you alluded no, to. No. And they don't, and you know, they're a team that's trying to trade their controllable starting pitchers. That doesn't seem like a team that would want to take on Tanner Houck really at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I almost think I had somebody, when I brought that up They're like, well, you know, could you get a third team involved, right? Like can you get Tanner somewhere else to get a hitter who then you flip to the Marlins to get a pitcher at- you know, I, I don't know. And is that even worthwhile, right? Like, yeah. I mean, how much is one of those guys definitely better, you know, a couple of years of one of them better than whatever they have left on Tanner, five years mm-hmm. of Tanner. How- I, I don't know. I don't know that that's even a worthwhile deal to do. Um, but obviously there's some, there have been conversations with the Marlins, right? And you can see ways they line up. It is, it is interesting anytime, you know, something like the Joey Wendell thing people do sort of tend to flip out about it, but I mean, right. there's, you can see why that would fit. I, I, mm. there's, I don't think anyone with the Red Sox would claim if they get Joey Wendell, they're getting Xander Bogarts, yeah. but it's, you know, it's a, a a left-handed bat to have in the mix up the middle. If you platoon Wendell and Christian Arroyo at second base, that's not the worst. I mean, I'm right. sure there are second base situations, but he's a former
1: Ray Chad. So we have to criticize. Him.
0: it. That's right. You're right. So we have to, we have to put it in that <laughs> context.
1: <laughs> um, I think last week to me, you know, people are finally feeling good about the off season. Xander thing aside, the Devers press conference is scheduled for Wednesday. And then this, like, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, sometimes things are kind of just bombs that are dropped where you don't yeah. see anything coming. You know, sometimes there's obviously a lead up the story thing to me, you know, like I, 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 uh, take big credit here. Cause I had it alone for 90 seconds before the Red Sox <laughs> tweeted it out. No one noticed. Um, So I was telling PR like next time, give me like a five minute buffer. But when I started (laughs) hearing whispers of that in the morning, I was like, you know, this, this is like, if you look at, you know, all the injuries on this, all the significant injuries that could happen on this team, probably the most devastating, just considering how important he was going to be. And like, you know, to me, it was one of those, like, you know this seems like kind of a devastating, devastating blow. And I, you know, obviously we get Devers, the press conference the next day. And so the news cycle moves on, but I don't think we should, because I think that is a move that, or a, a piece of news that is, is a huge piece of this for the Red Sox. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to unpack. We'll start with kind of, um, you know, the impact on the current roster and just like, to me, if they were going to be successful this year, it was going to be because he, took a big step forward and I actually thought he would just because I thought last year was you know an aberration in a lot of ways he always said he wasn't willing to make excuses I always said I was for him because a lot of adjustments we all know about the weird buildup and freak injuries but this is uh you know that's a huge huge hit for them and, and one that I think is gonna be tough to replace
0: oh th- there's you're, you're exactly right it, it, especially at that point you know I don't know that I had written at one point that they as much as Heim was saying Trevor's probably our shortstop. I don't know that they were... I didn't get the sense that they were fully sold on that idea. I think Mm -hmm. he was most likely the in-house guy that was going to end up there, but I think they were still talking about that. And having Story and Kike both just opened so many possibilities on the trade market, right? You didn't... you? If you could go get... Then if you can get Haseong Kim and play him at short, I mean, man, then you're really good defensively up the middle. You could also talk about getting a Duvall and put him putting you know there and and then it's just you're adding on top right they just opened there were just so many different ways they could go to fill that one spot and it it just gave them so many options and story you know now that you've committed to all these left-handed bats in the corners that story was sort of the one big right-handed bat you know Mm -hmm. I mean him and, and Turner and so you know as you try to I was trying to do this today like try to lineup. What, you know, what's the lineup going to look like? And, you know, they need something, they need, they need something to balance it from the right side and story yeah. was going to be such a key part of that. So he, he fit them. He was just so important to, to making it all come together both on the field and in the lineup. And I agree. It, it's it's so hard to replace because you're already up the middle. It, it's hard to find a, a big bat, right? Like it's hard to get a lot of offense up the middle and essentially Back to back in a matter of weeks, the Red Sox lost two of the better up the middle bats in right. baseball, and that's just not a thing that you can find.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that
0: those things just aren't out there. And so, yeah, I agree. It, that that's the that's sort of the really devastating blow for them. It, it's similar. I I just thought of this of when you know Chris Sale get, come back or hits his hand and he breaks his finger last right. season, where it's like, all right, maybe maybe there's still a path for this to work. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's kind of where we were there, right? They've they've got this Devers extension done. You're starting to think through, like, okay, you know what? Maybe there is a way that that they can, you know, not replace Xander, but at least cover the distance, right? And and at least make right. up the gap. And then all of a sudden, there's this blow that you're like, oh, never mind. It's all on fire, <laughs> <Fair> you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, the and the, the big question to me there is, and fans have been really, you know, uh, upset about this, questioning this, is like. When did they know, was this not Mm -hmm. a surprise to them? There's been conflicting reporting on it. You know, the Red Sox are never going to admit to us, even if they did think that he was damaged goods a year ago, that they thought that, but I think there's enough smoke there. Peter Gammons uh, tweeted out, you know, the Red Sox have some concerns about Story's throwing arm. I think Buster only tweeted last week that, you know, teams had taken him off their boards completely before he signed with the Red Sox. Um, That being said, you know, the arm was not an issue last year. There's a few other things, but um, you know, he hit, hit with the pitch that he swung at that, you know, he broke, chipped the bone and then the heel yeah. injury when they were out of it late. Like, is this a bad look for the
0: front office or is this bad luck in, in your mind? Well, I think it can be both, right? I mean, that, that, to me, the concerns about the arm, I think, had more to do with arm strength than arm health, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I do think that it was viable well, Ga- Gammon,
1: Gammon's wrote the word health
0: in the tweet, which I yeah kind of surprised yeah. to look back and see, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I i don't know i mean that was you know maybe peter had heard something that i haven't but i think that there was certainly some question inside about whether he could throw enough to play shortstop and whether that was going to be a problem but i it i don't i don't think that they thought it was something like this right i mean yeah like you said he was still he just he had the the he was hit by the pitch and then he has the foot heel thing at the end but the, the arm was healthy as far as anyone could tell. I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't throwing it as hard as he did, you know, two or three years ago when he was playing shortstop in Colorado, but I, I don't, it doesn't seem to me that the health of that was an issue. I mean, they were still certainly talking about story. Like he was going to be a, a key piece of this. I don't think they expected right. that, that they were going to miss him until it was done. So I don't know, as you said, I don't think we're going to ever know for sure. They are, uh, they're a pretty cautious group, I think, right mm-hmm. now in terms of signings, and so I don't know that they would have leaped into that if they thought that, no, oh, this is a real problem here. You know, right? Like that's kind of against their mo. Typically, mm. I think they're. If, if anything, we criticize them for being too cautious. Um, but you know, you I mean you don't know. I mean, all these guys, I don't know what exactly the, the typical medical <laughs> looks like. I think if these guys get examined this much, you probably find some uh, right. red flags in almost everyone. Um, but I, it certainly feels to me like that they at least expected him to be a viable, healthy part of it until the step back around Christmas.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like they – I think that's part if, – if this was the case, I do think it probably changes the calculus on Xander a little bit. I still don't think they go to 11 for 280, but they probably, you know, know that you probably, you know – need somebody you need a live body why not you know the guy you've had for 10 years the guy you know fits and you know if these things happen in reverse order i wonder if things would have been different
0: yeah maybe but i also think that they've been they've shown such restraint right i think it feels to me like they were willing to go where we thought xander's market was going to go yeah i mean i think that they came in legitimately willing to go you know wherever you know we were the debate was you know is he going to get 200 and i think they probably would have gotten up to that at at least close to it if that's where the market Mm -hmm. was but once it's 11 years, I mean, I, I just, you know, then the debate, then to me, the question is like, I don't think there's an argument that signing, even though, I mean, I think Xander's great and he's a, you know, he's a really great player. Um, mm. But I don't know that it's smart to sign any shortstop for an 11 year deal through, right. through age 40. And so if we acknowledge that there's something dumb about that, then I think the debate is like, okay, but if you're in this job, do you have to do something dumb every once in a while, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't, you're just not going to be able to get these high-end guys without doing something right. that's a pretty giant risk. Yeah. And, and they obviously were averse to that.
1: Yeah. And right. We've talked about it. And and I think even fans, you know, as much as they're sad to see the go understand, you know, getting him to age 41 is, is probably not the, the most prudent move you right. can make. A couple right. more things for you. Uh, minor move this week that I think could turn out to be Somewhat important, uh, the addition of Jorge Alfaro on a what, did somebody league.
0: have that? I didn't did somebody Yeah. Oh, who had that? Me. Oh, yeah. that explains yeah.
1: why. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were serious for a second. I guess, because because <laughs> you're the Chad, for those of you who don't know, which people wouldn't know, is the uh wins the annual beat writer who spends the least amount of time on Twitter award across America and Canada. That's
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, no, it was not out of the question that I did not see that, but no, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I he, the, uh, well, Alex Spear, uh, texted me and said, the only reason I was not, the only reason you beat me on this is because I broke my wrist. So I couldn't get the tweet off in time. <laughs> so, which is probably completely true. Uh, so best wishes to Alex, obviously. but And everybody's um,
0: going down on the, around the Red Sox.
1: <laughs> I know. It's a curse. Um, you know, Alfaro is a guy that I think people were surprised to see him get a minor league deal. Mm-hmm. Guy that's, you know, pretty well known. Been around former top prospect, included in a few blockbusters. Kind of, you know, weird profile, boomer bust guy. Not a good framer, but great pop time. Uh, weirdly has good sprint speed, uh, has some power and hits the ball extremely hard. Strikes out a lot. Doesn't walk. Um, and to me, like this signing obviously doesn't guarantee anything, he's not on the 40 man, not guarantee the salary. To me, it feels like there's, and I know they like Connor Wong, I just feel like if I were to guess, I have a hunch that Alfaro makes the team over Connor Wong at this point. And you see Alfaro and Reese McGuire starting the season, but I guess that's that's the point of the competition, right? Is to give yourself as many options as possible. How do you see that shaking out, you know, with this addition? Which I think, you know, like they they weren't really big on adding a, uh, you know, established big league catcher, one of those, you know, multi-year deals, but this is the guy that I think could really factor in. Yeah. I think he could
0: make the team. I mean, I, I think that they, you know, it, it they keep talking about how much they like Connor. Um, and I think that they do, I think they do like him, but if they liked him that much, it's like, why has he played so little in the last right. few years? Right. Like they, they, even when he's been up, it feels like they never really go to him. Um, So to me, it's just a, uh, it's a more of a known quantity that is worth having in camp. And then I think they kind of both just get an opportunity and you see where it goes. I mean, I, but I'm not at all, I shouldn't, I, I'm not surprised to see them make a move for an established guy. um, Mm -hmm. Just because again, I mean, Wong just hasn't had many opportunities um, in the big league. So if he doesn't look like he's going to be the guy, then, then you could, you could make that move. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I guess I would just think of it as kind of a 50, 50 proposition on which one of those two ends up, you know, making the team and, and, and really basically winning Alex's trust to, right. to be in that role. I mean, if someone brought this up on Twitter yesterday, I forget some person
1: responded to my tweet about like, you know, he will compete with McGuire and Wong for spots. Someone's like, does any team in the majors have a worse catching mix than this? And like, It made me think for a second because we take it kind of at face value. We've written it so many times. They're just kind of like, you know, are just – it's a fact. These are the guys they're going with. They're not adding a – you know, they were never in on Wilson Mm -hmm. Contreras. They weren't really in on Vasquez or Zanino. They didn't get Sean Murphy. Like, you know, I I am not – I've never been the biggest Vasquez guy for, you know, um, his game to me was – always felt like, you know, just kind of a strange – strange player but like that was a franchise catcher you had for a long time and now to me like they're banking a lot on you know Reese McGuire who showed nothing offensively before the end of last season a minor league free agent who's played for you know four or five teams in six years or whatever and Connor Wong who has you know a handful of big league time like you know if this was the case on a roster where you had a lot of stars and Bogarts and the story and some of those guys we were talking about you can get away with it but to me it just feels like you know, they punted on this group, and now as we get toward opening day, it kind of it starts to feel like a mess to me a little bit.
0: Yeah, it could be. And and I think you're right. I think they thought they were gonna build around that more than they did. Um, I, I also look at the catcher <laughs> position throughout the game, and I mean there that's you know, that's not like the game's overloaded with that many of the like standout everyday guys. Yeah. But you're right, even by that standard. This is not a uh, whatever combo they go with recent, whichever one of those two um, is not a it's feels even less established, I think, than than some of the others. So, yeah, I I do. I agree with you. There's some there's some it it feels short, right? It just especially for what's what else is around it. You can see it before and now it's now it, it does feel a little bit more like a like a real weakness that's exposed.
1: And no, like stud prospect that you could see taking over. You know, I know yeah, some right, guys with right. talent, but it's not like there's that pipeline either. The last thing for you, uh, this weekend brings one of the longest days uh, of the year for those of us on the beat, which is Saturday. I'm going to a bachelor party in New Orleans. I will not be there, so you can enjoy uh, what Saturday of winter weekend brings. Um, I assume you'll be in Springfield.
0: It is my wife's birthday. No, so you
1: get out of it so too.
0: Jen got stuck with that one <laughs> uh because I also had a, a pretty good reason to not go so yeah. uh yeah I'm not sad about it because yeah. uh, like you said it's just a long day and I mean look it's interesting it's good it's a great opportunity to talk to people it's not like I mean if I didn't have honest I mean I, my plan was to go and then all of a sudden it's, those are the dates but uh you know but yeah so well, so, so I, I will be uh I will be doing birthday festivities that day right well we're both we're both out of it
1: matt votor will be uh, the wonderful matt votor covering it for mass live um i assume you've seen the list of who's going uh Mm -hmm. for for players so i'll still ask you the question even though you know you're not going to be our boots our our podcast boots on the ground there as i expected um what is the storyline to you coming out of this to me it's uh very very clear And it's the fact that Chris sale is going to talk to the media for the first time since uh, he got hit with that comebacker in July and just finally getting an update. Like, I think, you know, for at least our purposes or, or, you know, reporting purposes out of this, to me, it's, you know, seeing him and um, he's always a quote machine, but like, that's, that's going to be, I think
0: the big part of this. I I completely agree. I think he's the, he's the star attraction for people in our job anyway. I mean, he, he's the most, he is, I mean, maybe the most interesting person on this team right now, right? I mean, because every, especially on the pitching side, the big thing is that they don't have, they have a lot of depth in their rotation, but they don't have an ace. Mm -hmm. They have Chris Sale, (laughs) who, you know, for sure used to be an ace. Um, He used to be like my annual pick. I think every year for several years, I picked him to win the Cy Young. He was my preseason pick to win the Cy almost every year. Um, He
1: finished like second or third every year.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, but... Oh, he's everything about Chris sale right now is fascinating because you're right. One, he's just an interesting talker. He's fun to talk to and, and, and can often be pretty honest in enjoyable and entertaining ways. Um, and just his status matters so much. I mean, he, he, the idea of, I don't know, it just feels hard after all this time to think that like, Oh, he's going to be again, one of the five best pitchers in the American league. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, he also yeah. hasn't you can't, had a you lot can't of completely discount arm. it. I, yeah. You can't totally discount it. Um, so he, I, I think his status and just kind of his, what, I don't know how to describe it. Like his raring to go mm-hmm. is, is part of a factor here. Um, right. so I agree. He, he's such an interesting one, um, as a guy who, you know, could just, and he has an edge to him, right? Like there's an edge to him, you know, Garrett Whitlock could be a very good starter. Brian Bale could be a really good starter, but th- there's a certain edge to Sale that 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 could give them that, like, you know, that guy. Um, so he he is. I agree with you. He's he's the interesting one because so many of the other guys, um, it's either they're they're, you know, like a guy like Yoshida, right? Like he has. There's a lot of ways his season could play out, but he's going to just kind of have to show it, right? Like it's just a matter of him getting here and doing it. Um, you know, the, 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 can Tristan Cassis become like one of the top five first basemen in the American league in his first full season? There's nothing to say about that. We know who he Mm -hmm. is and what he's about. There's just nothing. A lot of things we're just going to have to have this play out. Can they get a shortstop or not? Or whatever that's just going to have to happen. Um, with him, it's sale. It's worth talking to and seeing kind of where he is and what he's thinking. I don't, is Verdugo going? No. Because he's another one that's pretty interesting, right? Like he's one of those guys that uh, was at last was at the last game of the season when Alex yeah. Bora basically said, like mm-hmm. he's the guy that I he's he's there's some X factor to him too, right? That he could right. he could give you something more and, and it's kind of change the complexion of things um, depending on you know what has he tried to do this off season and how's he tried to maybe adjust you know what he's looking to do um, in the box. So he's another interesting one, but, you know, not going to be there. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Sale is the – he's kind of the fascinating personality right now.
1: Yeah, the list is interesting. Uh, a couple guys on it who I don't think are going to be there. One is Trevor Story. Can't imagine him flying all the yeah, way up right. here a week after surgery. And the other one is Darwinson Hernandez, I don't think, is going to be a after probably not yeah after being traded uh, last week to the Orioles. Well, uh, congratulations to you for escaping it. Happy birthday to your better half. Thank you. uh, We appreciate you taking the time for the Fenway Rundown.
0: Sure thing, man. My
1: pleasure.